welcome to another life-changing message from Pastor Vernell J.R. Samuel of Hungry for God Church. For more information, please visit our website, www.h4gchurch.com. I just want to jump right into the word, but I'm just going to piggyback off of where I just, where I just uh, left off. He said, remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. And like I said, people say, I'm not, I'm not going to forget about God when he blesses me. But I can't tell you how many people I know who I prayed for. Let's say they needed a breakthrough in their finances or an open door. They weren't, and they weren't working for months or a year or two years. And then I pray for them and they get the job. And before that, they were in church every week, faithful available to the things of God. And then once they got the job, I don't see them anymore. And one thing I learned years ago was that what you used to help you get to where you wanted to be in life, don't forsake what you used to help you get there. You spent time in prayer, you praised, you did everything, and then God finally answered you. Then the, one th- then the things that you used to do before you got the thing you wanted from God, you stopped doing. Yeah. So again, you only did it because you wanted something. My dad used to um, hire or get people hired. He used to work for um, A&P and wall bombs. And um, he was like one of the um, managers of securities and like multiple AMPs when they used to exist. And um, he used to get people from our churches jobs. Like anybody who needed a job, if my dad recommended them, they got the job. Because of the integrity and the faithfulness and the good reputation that my dad had, Anybody who needed a job, my dad will get them a job. But here's the deal. And one of the things is because, number one, not only of of his good reputation, but because they knew he was a man of God. They knew that he was a pastor. So if Nelson recommended them, they knew this person was also good. So what my dad will have to tell them is this. You're getting this job because of me. Right? Right? And one of the reasons why they want they expect you is because he knew they were also he was bringing Christians, so they expected Christians to have a higher standard than anybody else they hired. So my dad will say, "If they need you to work on Sundays, say no." Because he didn't work on Sundays. And he made that clear. He said, I'll be here. I'll do whatever you need me to do. But Sundays is my day of worship. Right? They don't want to let him go because he's a great worker. He's dependable. He's reliable. So when he would bring other people in, he would say, when they they ask you if you're free to work on Sundays, say no. Because number one, it sets the standard 
They'll let you know. You will let them know this is what you don't do. They will respect your day of worship. And it also means you, you, you are, it also means that you are a person that has values. So you don't understand how powerful coming and committing to just showing up every Sunday is and what statement that makes to the world around you. To have something that you can commit to and that you are dedicated to when the rest of the world feel, does whatever they want, can go wherever they want, and you say, no, I have a commitment to worship my God on Sundays at 3 o'clock, between 3 to at least 5 o'clock. That means don't ask me to go to brunch Come on. Come on. if it's going to go over the 3 o'clock. Don't ask me to come to dinner or if you, you meet at 5, I'll meet you after I'm done. But you don't understand how that sets a precedence that your faith is serious to you. So my dad, he brings people in. And out of, let's say out of every four people, two, if they ask them, can you work on Sundays? Two of them would say yes. <laughs> because they were more worried about the money. If they don't want to hire you because you, you need your Sundays, then that means that's not a place that you should be. If they can't work something out with you regarding your time of worship, then that's not a place for you because they have no value for you if they don't value what you value. See, this is how you get into all types of wrong relationships and partnerships. If people don't value what you value, they won't value you. This is how you protect your life. This is how you keep peace in your life. Get around people that value the things you value. And if you don't let what you value be known to others, then they won't know what's important to you. That means they will disrespect you. And then you can't say nothing about it because you never told them what was important to you. So then you get mad, you get salty, you get bitter, you get angry because people curse around you, smoke in your face, do whatever they want around you because you don't have the guts to tell them what you value. This is very important. When I got saved in high school, one of the first things I began to tell my friends was that, yo, I'm, I'm, I don't do that no more. I got, I'm saved now. I'm a Christian now. And so when that happened, that means they don't really know what not to do. <laughs> right? But all that meant was it, it created a standard because after I told them, I didn't tell them every day, but what happened was my decision-making began to change. I used to willfully take up my, my small Bible and I would have this on a train in the mornings. Now we got our phones, but I would have my small travel-sized Bible and I'll read it in the morning. Because number one, I wanted to read the Bible, but two, I used to be afraid of doing that. So to get over my fear of what people thought about me, I pushed myself to open my Bible in public. And then what would happen is people would look at me and say, you reading the Bible, young man? Older people, if people was wilding out on the train, they would see me with a Bible in their hand and they would actually calm down around me. 
<laughs> That's why I have my Bible on the train. Letting my values be, be seen by other people. Now, we don't dress up every Sunday. We don't, we don't wear suits at Hungry for God. So people may not know where you're going on Sundays. <laughs> and I know appearance is not what we use to serve God. But again, for me, I, I understand the psychology of people. That people need to see you doing what you say is important to you and keeping your word to what you say is important to you. So I'll go back to my dad. You get these people, they will get hired. <laughs> two will say, I don't work on Sundays. Two will say, they'll work on Sundays. The two that worked on Sundays, after a while, we never seen them back in church. But then, let's just say in four months' time, they end up losing their job, and then we see them back in church. I'm like, oh, you lost your job? <laughs> <laughs> but it's important that you it's, it's important that you set the tone up front with people you let people know where, what your standards are up front don't keep it to yourself your Facebook page is a great way to let people know who you are and your standards what your standards are so if I go on your page, I don't see not anything, no mention to Christ, no Bible verse, nothing. <laughs> Somebody said, it's turned up town. <laughs> there should be something that points to your faith on your social media page. Now, I don't go on everybody's social media page. <laughs> I don't go and I'm, I don't snoop around people's pages. But I know for me, I want when people see me, they know that there is something that points to my faith when they meet me on my social media page. I got friends who I haven't seen in like 20 years that I run into. I run into and they'll tell me what I'm doing. They don't even communicate with me on social media, but they know about my family. They ask about my wife, they ask about my kids. They ask me if they know about the church or ask me about the church. And they say, I'm going to visit one day. Matthew 6, verse 25, verse 24. Matthew 6, 24. I want to do a series this week. I don't even know what I'm going to call it. I don't even want to call it a series because I just felt like to end off this year, I just felt like I wanted to talk about um, whatever God puts in my heart to talk about. But I know it's going to be something around um, the spirit of giving, the spirit of generosity um, and prosperity. Matthew 6, verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal 
to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Everybody say mammon. See, the Bible, Jesus says something very interesting. That he talked about the fact that we, we in this life, we will always be at war between two masters. Two masters. And the masters, he gave a name. Number one, either God will master us or we will be mastered by something called mammon. Some translation says money. But if you look at the word mammon in the original language, it actually ties in more to property than money. Property. And the Holy Spirit began, is dealing with me about something personally, and I actually want to articulate that with you because he's dealing with me about this idea of ownership. The idea that we actually own stuff. People think they own stuff. They think they own their car. They think they own their house. And he said, you cannot serve God and stuff, properties, monies, resources. And what Father is starting to show me is this. He says, anytime you think you own something, that thing owns you. Because I didn't call you to be owners. I called you to be stewards. Now, I want to help you understand the difference. You are not, the Bible doesn't ever call you an owner of anything. You are a steward. Everybody say steward. If you don't know what that word is, we're going to define it and unpack it so that you can get an understanding of what that means. Because every time Jesus actually wanted to teach us what the kingdom of God was like, he always pointed back to this concept called stewardship. Now, what is a steward? It's spelled S-T-E-W-A-R-D. I'm going to show you another verse so you can actually see the word in the Bible. Look at, um, look at, uh, sorry. First Peter 4, verse 10. And 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2. So 1 Corinthians, I mean, I'm sorry. 1 Peter 4, 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. The Bible says that all of us have received some gift from God and everything you have from God is a gift. The Father of lights has given us gifts in which he says we are, we are given these gifts to serve other people. 
And as we use our gifts, not for ourselves, but to serve others, we are being faithful stewards of God's grace. The proper way we use God's grace is by giving it away. So prosperity is not measured by the amount of stuff we have, but it's measured by the stuff we have given away. Prosperity is not measured by what you have, but what you have given away. First Corinthians chapter four. And uh, this is our intro because I'm not going to have time to really dig in. First Corinthians four, verse one. Let a man so consider us as servants of God and stewards of the mysteries of God. Let a man consider us as both servants and stewards. Verse 2, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Amen? So we are, we are not called owners in scriptures. We are called stewards. We know in the Bible tells us God owns everything. He is the owner. Psalm 24.1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof or everything in it. The earth belongs to God and everything in it belongs to him. So God is the owner of everything. And what he does is that he gives us all something to be stewards of. The word steward means to be a manager of what belongs to someone else. To be a manager of what belongs to another. The stewards manage another person's property. So stewardship is the responsible management of God-given resources. Stewardship, write this down, is the responsible management of God-given resources, gifts. Anything God gives you, you have a responsibility to manage that thing well. And the day of judgment is all about you giving account to God about what you did, or what he gave you responsibility of managing. So judgment day is a day not about you determining if you're saved or not. Judgment day is not about you deciding if you're, I mean, figuring out if you're going to heaven or not. You should know that today. All right. Once you receive Jesus and you accept his salvation, his forgiveness, you're saved. You have eternal life. You have eternal life the day you said yes to Jesus. All right. Judgment Day is not about your salvation. Judgment Day is about you receiving the rewards of you being a good steward of what God has put in your, in your care and in your trust. And the Bible teaches us that he only gives you what, he only gives us what we are capable of being a good steward of. <laughs> God only gives you what you are ready to be a good steward of. So if you're wondering why you're not a millionaire yet, because you're not ready to steward a million yet. 
And in fact, what you're going to learn in this, in this season is that God will only, you, you, you actually prepare yourself for increase or for more by stewarding well what you already have. Many of us know the parable of the, of the talents. That God gave one person five talents, another person two, and another person one. And Jesus said in Matthew 25, he said, he gave the person, he gave each person according to their own ability. He only gives us what we are ready to steward well. The person went five, he stewarded it, not by hoarding it, not by being stingy with it, not by burying it or keeping it to himself. See, that's the problem. We get stuff and we think it belongs to us. <laughs> See, this, let me help you right now. Your blessing, or, your blessing is not for you. Your blessing is for someone else. When you begin to think your blessing belongs to you, you actually make that into a God. Why? Because you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and stuff. Whenever you begin to develop this thing, this connection to the stuff you have and see it as your own, you know what begins to happen? You develop an attachment to it. And when you have an attachment to it, it becomes hard for you to let it go. It becomes hard for you to walk away from a thing. That's what happened with the rich young ruler. The stuff that he had, he thought it was his. So when Jesus said, no, what you got, wealth doesn't come from you. Remember, it is the Lord who gives you power to get wealth. So if it belongs to the Lord, that means if the, whenever the Lord has a need of anything from me, I have the, I'm supposed to give it away freely because it's not my own. In fact, the Bible says we don't even belong to ourselves. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? That you were bought with a price and that you are not yours, but you belong to the Lord? So you don't even have a right to do what you want to do with your body. Your body doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. Somebody asked me, why you don't have tattoos? I said, the Lord didn't tell me to get tattoos. <laughs> it's his body, not mine. <laughs> you see, you got to look at it as, that's, as, as, as detailed as that. If, this, if my physical body belongs to the Lord, I can't put in my body whatever I want. I can't feed myself whatever I want to feed myself. Uh-oh. See, because I want, my, I want to make sure my body is available to God and, is, and, is, and I have a freedom in my conscience and I have a freedom in my, in my mind that I know I'm free to do whatever God wants me to do. If God calls me to, to, to travel, see, look, my wife can tell you, I was sick for the past three days. I was sick for the past three days. I didn't have any, all this dancing and jumping I was doing. I was winded. I was tired. I didn't, I didn't feel like even coming today. I was, my body was out of it. 
But you know what? My body doesn't belong to me. So if God has called me to do his work, I'm trusting that the God who called me will give me the strength to do what he called me to do. It's his body. He created me. He could give me the adrenaline. <laughs> he could give me the strength, whatever he can do. And I'm doing this all without coffee. I didn't have coffee for, for a whole week either. But here's the deal. Everything that you have, I want you to begin to reform your mind, begin to recognize that the money in your bank sitting there, it doesn't belong to you. You're just being a steward of another person's property. Bible also says, the silver and gold is mine, God said. Money belongs to God. Your children, parents, don't belong to you. They belong to God. But God made you a steward of that child. Isn't that something? So this is why you can take your responsibility seriously, but you also got to remember God is responsible for you. It's a beautiful thing to have a Lord. He's not just your Savior. He's your Lord. Yes. If you have a Lord, then that means you have someone that's responsible for you. <laughs> He's your Lord and Savior. Amen. Whatever house you have, your apartment it belongs to the Lord. Your car that you may have belongs to the Lord. Your job, it belongs to God. See yourself as a steward, not an owner of anything. Don't develop any attachments to anything to the point where you can't walk away from things. You can't, you can't leave stuff on the table. You start hoarding things. You get greedy. You get selfish. And you get prideful. But freedom starts. By understanding that I am, I don't, I, I have a, I, I only have what God sees me fit to be a good steward of. And I'm going to do a good job managing what he has given me, what he has given me. Because I know if I do a good job what he has given me, then he will find me fit. He will find me faithful and he will give me more. God is a God of incremental growth. I know you want a shower of blessing coming your way, but the amount of blessing you're actually going to catch is what you're prepared to catch. You might not be happy with where you're living right now, but you're living where you are because that's how much you can handle right now. Do well. This is what he told Cain. Cain killed Abel. Because Abel had a better offering. <laughs> After he killed them, God said, Cain, why'd you do that? Didn't you know that if you did well, if you do well, that you will also be blessed too? People get jealous and envious and looking at counting other people's pockets. Sizing themselves up with others. I think it was Meek Mill that said. 
Uh-oh, my Brownsville came out. I think it was Meek Mill who said, don't count your boy's pockets. Don't count your boy's pockets thinking that he owes you anything. <laughs> we look at other people's blessings and we get mad. We get jealous. No, it was, there was their time. That's all it is. It's all about our times and our seasons with God. And one thing I learned is that you can never speed up your development in God, but you can slow it down. You can delay what God is doing in your own life by, getting, by worrying about what God is doing in other people's lives. <laughs> Just be a good steward. Just be a good steward of your gift. Don't wonder why you're not prophesying like the next person. No, thank God for the one word you get. <laughs> be a good steward of what the level of revelation you have be a good steward of the level of faith you have come on but then being a good steward in christ means seeking to increase what you have by being diligent and faithful with what you have been given amen so i don't know who that word was for <laughs> but take it in jesus name hallelujah Church, God is getting us ready for increase. 2019 is going to be a year of acceleration and increase for us. For us. Oh, come on. He, he's getting us ready for promotions. Come on, it's already starting. Amen. It's already starting. But I'm telling you, be, I wanna, we're going to get dive into this thing called stewardship this month. And I really want you to understand how God views prosperity. How, what God wants you to do with your money. How God wants you to how God wants you to be generous with your time, your resources, your talents, because everything you have doesn't belong to you anyway. And you actually find your life by giving it away. You find your destiny by taking risks. Not being like that one person with that one talent and buried their talent. No, Jesus called him a wicked servant. Because they didn't want to take any risks with what God gave them. Amen? Amen. So I want us to pray this prayer together. Say, Lord, Lord forgive, me forgive me for believing the myth of ownership that I actually own stuff. No, you own everything. The earth belongs to you and everything in it. My life is not even mine. It's yours. You gave me life and you can take it back. So today, I ask that you will help me to be a good steward, a wise steward of everything you give me and have given me. If there are areas where I have wasted stuff that you gave me, forgive me. I only serve you. You are my source. You are everything to me. Everything that I need comes from you. You shall supply all of my need according to your riches in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Anybody feel less pressure off of them today? Hallelujah.
Come on, let that struggles off of you. Come on. You got a Lord, and you have a Lord that wants to take care of you. We are slaves of God. Paul said that. I love the fact that Paul said, I'm a, I, the same Paul who preached grace and preached freedom said he's a slave. He said, I'm a slave of God. Why? Because he understood I'm, a, I'm mastered by God. And I love the fact that we are the only slaves that has a master that actually wants us to be equal with him. <laughs> you, have a, you have a Lord that wants you to be, to do the same works he did and greater works than these. He wants to share his wealth with you. That's good stuff, man. This concludes another life-changing teaching from Hungry for God Church. For social media updates and more teachings from our pastors and leaders, please visit our site, h4gchurch.com.